Hi, this is Stephanie. And Dave. We'd like to take a moment to recognize that the past few days, weeks, years, decades, and more has been marked with systemic racism against the black community. Now is the time to listen and make change. So each month, we'll share a podcast or charity that we can all support to continue amplifying the voices that need to be heard. This month, we're supporting Black Table Arts, whose mission is to gather black communities through the arts toward better black futures. You can find more information and donate at blacktablearts.com. We stand with our fellow black podcasters, listeners, B-movie makers, actors, creators, friends, and families. Thank you. Hello, front tacklers. You are now flipping over to the B side. Don't move. What are you going to do? Shoot me? So they call him Samurai, huh? His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. Omaha, Yamaha, whatever his face, his name is, right? Are you Fuji, Fujiyama? He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. I want him dead! I want his head cut off and brought here! I want his head on this piano! I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. And we'll see who the real Samurai is. Damn. God damn you guys. All you've done is cost me bloodshed and mayhem. Who hired you? Tell me who hired you to kill a cop. Hey, look. Police, don't move. You're under arrest. Stop. Hey, counselor. <laughs> we'll see you in court. <laughs> Well, this one's dead, too. Hello, and welcome to Cinema Craptaculous Presents B-Sides, where we dig through the streaming pile of crap that the internet has to offer to find that rare gin, the B-movie whose heart is bigger than their budget. This is Dave, and with me are my uncrappy co-hosts... Tara! And Adam. The intro. Tonight, it was the room before it was cool to be bad... It's the summation of 80s police schlock, including the hair. It's Samurai Cop. That was really good, Adam. I think you should have done that for them. Thank anyway. you. I actually, I did audition for this voiceover for the trailer. <laughs> Here's how IMDb describes Samurai Cop. Joe Marshall studied the way of the samurai in Japan. His partner, Frank Washington, studied the ways of shooting a gun at a person holding a sword in L.A., Together, they are two tenacious police detectives who seek at all costs to stop the Katana, a renegade Yakuza gang composed of violent and sadistic killers who want to lead the drug trade in Los Angeles. Boo! Yeah! Here's what I'm going to say. Is that what this movie was about? <laughs> it's, I mean, very roughly. This movie was about a lot of things. There was and a I... lot going on. There was definitely a lot going on with this movie. I mean, I really only think there's two things going on with this movie, which is a bad wig and boobs. Like, that's what I took <laughs> away from this movie. It was bad. Boobs. And I liked 50% of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think what happened is the somebody watched Lethal Weapon and read a book about a Japanese man, and then made this movie. I think that's how this movie got created. Oh. But they didn't watch all of Lethal Weapon. They like watched it intermittently while making dinner. I thought 
aliens intercepted like some human entertainment and then was like, this is what a movie is in America. <laughs> well, it's kind of like what we, were, we reviewed another movie where I said, like, I felt like a computer wrote it. I feel like a 12 year old boy wrote this and then was like, this is how a woman would speak to a man if she was sexually attracted to him. And this is what yes. a like white guy from San Diego who we keep referring to as the samurai cop yet in no way until maybe the very last scene actually displays his skills as a samurai. <laughs> well, well, okay. So this movie was written and directed by Amir Shivan. Yeah, okay? saw that. He made 30 films, by the way. But, yeah, it's an interesting fact. He comes from Iran. So what he did was he came from Iran to the U.S., to California. He learned how to make movies in college. He then went back to Iran and tried to make films. However, for the most part, he couldn't. Because the government said no yeah. because of the content and and he framed it like he was being repressed as an artist. But I think they were just like they had taste as a government. Like the government of Iran has a great taste in film. And then he came back to America to make movies. And that's where his career really blossomed is the word. I mean, he did things. I don't know. He that did like, He did it. That's yeah. 30 more movies than I've directed or, you know that's what I mean? True. Like that's And this is the culmination. Like, yeah. he stopped making movies after Samurai Cop. He said, guys, this is my opus. <laughs> I can't reach a higher summit than what I've done. This is it. This is it, everybody. Wait, do you think that's why he didn't make another movie? Or it's because people I actually, what... I think it's because people actually watched this movie. And they're like, no, <laughs> you should not be allowed to make another movie. <laughs> He was ran out of California. I, he should have been. I am so torn on movies like this because they're spectacularly bad. So on one hand, I'm not for them. You know, like, I, I like when people overcome all the obstacles behind the camera to put something in front of the camera that's amazing. But at the same time, I think there might be like the, the uncanny valley of bad movies where you reach a certain point and it's like you can't make it bad on purpose like this. Like, Velociraptor, uh, Velocipastor, was intentionally bad. And it still was not as, as bad as this. Like, my, the, my very first note was, did they not have color correction in 1991 <laughs> or did this film just degrade? Because every, I swear to God, every shot, the reverse angle was filmed in a different location. But I actually think that's, okay, that, so that brings me to my point. As, so I do locations in real life. It's one of my jobs. And the best part is in scene maybe number two, I went, why would they have the camera so far across the street and clearly behind a bush because you could see the plants in front? And I'm like, oh, because they've stolen every shot in this movie. Like, yep. they, they did not get any permits. There's a scene where he's getting out of the car and he's like, he's supposed to be like looking at somebody. And I'm like, why are we still seeing that? Like, I, yeah. I, I want to see his face. I'm like, oh, we can't get it because it's not legal. <laughs> well, they also, that uh, scene, he was wearing a wig, right? And so they were. It's they hard been, to like, keep trying track. To hide that. It's hard to keep track when it was his real. The oh. If you want to play a drinking game, folks at home, just watch this movie and take a shot every time he's wearing a wig. And oh. which, you by may the way, not make it, it is the first time we see him. He's wearing that wig and a hat when he comes out of the police station or whatever. And I, I, I was like watching with my husband. I'm like, is that dude in a? woman's wig like what is this movie and then the next scene it's his real hair so you realize is what they did well first of all which i think we should acknowledge they shot this on film 
which in, yes, the, they in did. the 90s. Which so always impressive. Always impressive that they spent a lot of money just on the film for this project. And you can tell how how much of it was spoiled or fucked up because they, they had to reshoot so much of it. But the best part is you can tell that this guy cut his hair in between the time they shot it and between they reshot it. Because <laughs> that wig plays, I mean, that wig shows up in nearly every scene. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm actually going to guess is they needed to do the reshoots to fill out the story. Like, I'm thinking what the director did was the director shot it and he's like, we got it, we're done. And then he put together <laughs> the movie and he's like, we're not done. And he had to go back. And we never shot the lead once. <laughs> Somehow we have to insert the lead because, into every scene. Because there are these moments, like, for instance, when they go to, like, the bad guy's mansion and all of the action and the shootouts, which take place not in the main room of the mansion, looks like they're being shot in the back of a restaurant. Like, the, yeah. they're very clearly pickup shots. So that means what the director did was like, okay, we got the shot of Joe Marshall and Frank Washington <laughs> getting out of the car, and now they're in the living room, and now the movie's over, and I need to fluff it out with another 30 minutes of action. <laughs> oh. uh, I bring up the one shotgun, because if you guys didn't notice, during every action scene when there was the shotgun... They went out of their way to, like, cradle that thing as they fell. Like, bad, you know, people being shot poorly, dying poorly, and then, like, carefully lowering to the ground so the shotgun didn't get broken. Well, it's amazing, like, 50% of the people who were shot did not have squibs on them. So they were just, like, grabbing their their chest and their belly and falling over and going, oh! And it, it's the slow motion, dot, like slowly going to the ground death scene. <laughs> Which is funny because that's that kind of stuff doesn't bother me because in a low budget film you don't have money for squibs, right? So there but the thing is is you know, I could tell, oh, they cheated that, they cheated that, right? As a lot of the fight sequences were cheated for angles and things like like. But when the movie becomes 100% cheat, like, there's no movie. <laughs> and I felt like that's what this movie was. I was like, they're trying to cheat literally in between scenes that these two, that they these people are supposed to be in the same room when they're clearly not. But then they had but, things like exploding cars. They lit a guy on fire. They lit a guy on fire. That's right. And, and, and he had a face, uh, like a fireproof face mask. Yeah, I mean, there was some money in this. Yes. Like, I, I know they stole a lot of stuff, Tara, but I'm sitting there and I'm I'm watching, like, because this is the 90s, and I'm watching the helicopter scenes where they're, like, filming from above, and I'm going, there's no way they got that without renting a helicopter. No, no, like, no, no. There's no stock back then. This is what I think they did, Adam, because you could tell the ones where it was the girl in the helicopter. That oh, was yeah, on the yeah, ground. yeah. That was just on the ground. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. A cheat number one, right? Sure. But cheat number two is they just took a tour of L.A. on a helicopter tour, and they put a camera out the window. Like, they did those, like, $100 uh, yeah. tours, and they were like, yeah, cool, cool. Oh, yeah, I'd like to, I just brought a nice camera. It's not, you know, and then you just got the, the uh, you know, above the, the building's shots. But that was a film camera. Like, that's a heavy camera to dangle out the window of a helicopter. I mean, that's not like Agreed. a... Agreed. <laughs> well, well, he's a daring filmmaker, as you can tell. Clearly. Clearly. I, I loved the helicopter scenes at the beginning of the movie because uh, Frank and... Who, what's the other guy's name? Joe Marshall. Uh, Joe. Frank and Joe are in a car in downtown L.A., and uh, the woman's up in the car. I think her like Police Lady Patty or something. They, at some point in the film, they I actually really go. I really think that's her name is Police Lady Patty. <laughs> you know, Peggy the Police Lady when they're oh, trying to. God. <laughs> and so anyway, they're um, Joe is first of all he says 
I'm well informed there's a large suitcase of Coke in that car, or there's a large suitcase of Coke. And you're like, okay. And then she, <laughs> then he tells the helicopter, don't land. We need you to follow us. I'll give you directions. Yeah. And I was like, you're, you're going to give directions to a helicopter? Yep. yep. And, That's what he's going to do. And then they were like, there's a large suitcase of Coke in the van. Except the suitcase of Coke was not in the van. It was in the boat that was getting delivered yes. to the van. And then... <laughs> They're like, oh, there's the boat, and the boat drives up. They get out. They give the Coke to the guys to get in the van, and anyone else in law enforcement or film writing would have then had Joe Marshall and Frank Washington go over and be like, freeze, you're under arrest. Nope. What they do is they allow the bad guys to get back in the van and start driving away, Yep. at which point Joe Marshall gets out of his car, looks around, and then gets back in the car and chases them. Yep. Yep. But that leads us to one of the great moments is when someone opens the back of the van and starts shooting at them. Yep. Oh! First of all, yep. first of all, in ADR, they must have gotten Joe to say, shoot him yep. once. Oh, yes, and then they, they, they reused it like 20 times. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. It's shoot so him. Good. Shoot him. Shoot him. It's shoot so him. And, and then... Frank finally hits this poor guy. He falls out of the van in front of the car on the street, and they just run him over. Yep, they just run him over. By the way, they're the cops. That's my favorite part. I'm like, they just run him over, and then don't go back. Like, they just run him over. And And they seem shocked that they ran him over. Like, they didn't see him coming towards the car. But then continue to the police station where then Joe gets hits on the the helicopter woman. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before then... They're finishing the van chase. I don't know if you remember this. And Joe shoots the van driver in the neck. That's right. He's <laughs> bleeding from the neck. He then crashes the van into the side of a hill, which causes the van to explode and him to catch fire. So he's on fire, bleeding from the neck. <laughs> and Joe and Frank put him out, thankfully. Oh, oh. Well, they put him out in the slowest possible way. They get out of the car. They survey the situation. They're like, there's a dude on fire. Yep. They're, they discuss that for a little bit. I, I don't think there was any real discussion, but between the eyes. And then they both go to the trunk, and they're like, you get the blanket. I'll get the fire extinguisher. And then they go over to get uh, put the guy out. And then Joe's like, now it's time to bone the helicopter pilot. <laughs> I can't, I just, I don't know if you guys know this. It's a fun fact about this movie I looked up. This is where Me Too started, this movie. Is it, yeah? This was the beginning of, this is, you could, everything about Me Too. First of all, no woman has a line of dialogue except maybe the restaurant owner that doesn't talk about how sexually attracted she is to Joe, how much she wants to have sex with also Joe, and we any woman in this in this movie generally the redhead is the first person the first one we see is the redhead who's with the bad guys right and her right. first line is here comes the boss her second line and only other line here comes the boss yeah she's the orlando bloom of this movie she is there to be beautiful and just say exactly what's happening that's oh, what her role is it was so beautiful and off i was going to say look tara when a man and a woman love each other very much oh. They go back to the man's bedroom that has no bed frame. By the way, no beds in this whole movie have a frame. No. Or a headboard. Bed. No, they're all on the floor. And they have very old sheets. 
very old sheets. The sheets are also not fresh looking. And they have very slow, almost very awkward looking underwear sex where there's just a lot of like, like like teenagers before they ever like break the seal. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like the director was like, "This is how you have sex." Yes, go have sex. Like, yeah, I, I think, to me, well, let, let me ask you something, Tara, because I do. I I need to uh, know. Speaking for all women, yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, your as the woman, is, yeah. I'll tell you my opinion first. In way of the question, is that I thought Joe had no attractive chemistry whatsoever, and I need a confirmation or a denial of that. He was potentially. The least sexually attractive man I might have ever seen. And I don't mean that. Like, if you looked at him, if you're like, oh, on a mannequin, that guy has a good body. He has no he has no personality to go with the body. And then yeah. the other thing that we haven't addressed is there's a lot of close-ups of Joe. Okay, There's and a lot it, of close-ups of a lot of people. There's a lot of close-ups. They love the <laughs> close-ups. They couldn't up afford background. <laughs> They loved the close-up. But whenever they got a close-up on Joe, which was often, his eyes were always bloodshot and dilated because he was high this whole movie. (laughs) You know, I actually find comfort in that because it does explain quite a bit. But it explains why he has no sexual, like, chemistry or drive because he's loaded. Like, he's just like, yeah, let's bone, baby. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, you guys. Hell of a drug. I mean, it's a lot of things... And and I don't yeah no I the the best part about that is like he's not a guy I'd be like oh I want to have sex with that guy immediately yet every <laughs> single woman that comes across him does exactly that oh and they do it in the most vulgar forward way possible like the first of all the nurse because she's a woman so she can't be a doctor How, at the hospital uh... <gasps> somehow saved the life of that man bleeding from the neck who was then lit on fire after the car accident <laughs> and then decapitated so she be a fucking and then doctor. decapitated. She should be a fucking doctor. If that's what that woman was able to do, she should be running that goddamn hospital. Regardless, the first thing she's doing, she was like, hey, would you like to kiss me? Would you like to have sex? Do you have a large penis? The large penis part. Uh, Oh, God. I was just like, what is, what is? And then her reasoning for not having sex with him is he shows her his penis and she's like, no, not good enough. And I'm like, not good enough penis. What is the scene? What is the scene? The, the whole movie was like that. Like every scene was like, where did this scene come from in the chronological order of which I'm viewing this movie? It makes no sense to me because we're in one place. I'd love to be able to give you examples, but I can't because it's all a mumble jumble in my head. I, I've got one for you, Dave. I got one. So like right after they get back from, you know, the first car chase, there's that scene where the co- the police chief comes in and goes, uh, Joe Marshall, Frank Washington, get in my office! And, you know, uh, the Peggy, the police lady's like, what they do now? <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to them at the hospital. Yeah. Which means what they did was go, we'll be right there, chief! And then they drove out of the police station <laughs> across town to the hospital to check on that guy. There was another scene, and I I don't know where uh, it occurs. I have in my notes, why are they in a theater looking at film? Because oh. all of a sudden, <laughs> they're, 
looking oh at God. rolls of film as if it's like security footage or something, but it's a movie theater. But it looks like the Joe was cutting the movie with some guy. It's like, wait, <laughs> yes. why are you editing now? <laughs> what? 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 That's what? why he was so surprised when the bad guy came. He's like, this isn't in the script. <laughs> wait, wait, check out scene five. There it is. The bad guy's coming into the movie theater. It's obvious. It's right there in the film. And I mean, the, the woman at the desk, like, hit the buzzer because that's the warning button and the guy cutting the film with Joe goes, that's the warning button. Yeah. And Joe's like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And you know, the best part is it's not just Me Too that started there. It's like the like casual racism that is oh. so offensive. And it's not just about oh. one race. It's like anybody who's not a yoked out white guy is apparently like a dumb idiot stereotype of who they are. The, the gay Mexican waiter oh, at the restaurant? What? I, I can only... Can you? Can anyone do an impersonation of that guy? Uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll like, just cut I, something in. Yeah, cut something in. I don't want to do that. I would feel dirty. Who's that blonde girl? Oh, her name is Jennifer. She's the boss. The boss? You mean she owns this place? Her mother owns the place. Where's her father? Bang. Killed? Who shot him? He. Who? Him. Who's him? Himself. Oh, he committed suicide. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he, that guy wanted. I put the waiter at the restaurant. OMG. The stereotypes in this movie are astounding. <laughs> I, um, watching that scene, I was like, did the director go, no, bigger. I know. No, bigger. <laughs> Well, no, you gotta go bigger. But like you could, t- and it was also I'm not offensive. Quite getting that you're Hispanic and gay. Can you go bigger? <laughs> yeah, but like, what about more offensively gay and more well, yeah. offensively Mexican? Like more. And here's the other part of it: is like he wasn't being funny. Like, he, he wasn't. wasn't even trying to be funny. He was just like. The people making the movie were like, you know what's funny? Gay Mexican guys. Hey, gay Mexican, you're going to be a gay Mexican guy who just gives us exposition and informs on the story. Be yourself. (laughs) It's hilarious. But then the the main characters are not going to acknowledge that anything's wrong with you, so it's not funny. So it's just like, it's like, and it's the same thing with the the partner cop. Is that Frank? Was that his name? Yeah, Frank. Frank Washington, Um, yeah. That he has the scene where he's just doing takes to the camera. Oh, they like the like. Yes. I mean, yeah. I was like, "What are we watching?" And then they comment like, "They he had, somebody comments on his penis and like, oh, it's already burned down there." And he goes, "Yeah, because it's black." And I'm like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Tara, guys, just so you know, Tara got so excited by Samurai Cop, she knocked over her microphone and fell down. Every good bone in my body is very upset. And so... Okay, so I like I don't even know how to attack this movie because <laughs> I think we've been attacking this movie. So I think it's only an random. attack. It's only but an attack. There's so many... Like, okay, so... He go the the lady who owns the restaurant is uh, <laughs> Jennifer. The, Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer right. is the bad guy's girlfriend. I think we don't. It's unclear. He bought her a, a, something and she didn't want it. But then I like, bet you she. Yeah. I bet you he bought her that awesome lion head that was on the wall <laughs> in the restaurant <laughs> office. 
which I swear to God, people at home, looks like something your kindergartner could have made with pipe cleaner and a dream. Oh, so good. We, we, we now have a new uh, COVID-19 project for you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I, we need you to replicate that lion. Um, so she she's flirting with him and, and mentions that she goes to church on Sunday. So he drops by and picks her up at church. You know, like He's saying, oh, do you want to date me? And she's like, no. And the dialogue's about that good. No, that's about, I think and, that was it. I think you did better than the dialogue, Dave, to be honest. And, yeah, because you can follow the sentence. <laughs> and <laughs> So he goes to pick her up at church, like surprise her at church, and she's walking out. But she's like in this braless, strapless dress, and not strapless, but it it it, it was a form- it was very you obvious it, that it was braless. It yeah. was a form fitting dress. Yeah, first and thing also, Mandy said. She, she was the only person that was coming out of church. FYI, yes, <laughs> no um, one else was made, there. By the way, my fiance was falling asleep and waking up throughout the course <laughs> of this movie, and she woke up around the time when she when Jennifer appears in that dress. And the first thing and only thing she says about the movie is, oh, "That's a cute dress," and then falls. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it on the poster now. That's a cute dress. Um, I mean, Dave, I don't want to interrupt your thought on the, what you're going, but like, yeah. this is also an abduction scene because she says she right? doesn't want to go with him, and oh, he's he like, "Get her. in the he car." Grabs her, yeah, yeah, and then they take her back to his condo or his apartment. So he kidnaps. He has abducted this woman against her yeah. will. Wait, wait, guys, are we watching a movie where the good guy's a bad guy and the bad guys are good guys and they just flip the script on us? Oh, no. No. no that's not what it is. That's, wait, okay. so that's, you're really trying to put some smarts behind this movie, and this was just like, no. So after he kidnaps her, he takes her back for a romantic dinner at his condo, where apparently no, no furniture has right. legs or feet, because the couch is just on the ground. And his bed on the ground, and somewhere else there's a futon. If I walked into that, I'd be like, "Oh God, I'm gonna die here, aren't I?" You make snuff films, don't you? He then proceeds to sing the hap- the saddest version of "Happy Birthday" I've ever heard. But, in then, my but stop! Life. Before that, how does he know it's her birthday? When did Best, it become her birthday? Exactly, because I, I had the same thought. That was the point of my story. Because at one point she goes. Uh, he's like, happy birthday. And she's like, oh, this is the best birthday. And I was like, wait, it's her birthday too? <laughs> no, no, would... hold on. I do remember her saying it was because when he initially was trying to pick her up, he was like, hey, what are you doing Saturday? And she's like, I'm busy. And what are you doing Sunday? And she's like, I'm going to church and it's my birthday. I do remember that line. That oh, line okay. Well, you know what? I, I apologize, Samurai Cop. <laughs> yeah, me from too, From the bottom of my heart. You had set that up, you seeded it, and I ignored it, and I was confused. You know what? This movie's my fault. That's on you, Dave. That's all on you. <laughs> this movie's your fault, Dave? Oh, then we have, I have a lot of things to do to you that I'm very upset about. Dave is the original Samurai Cop. I, <laughs> I am the, the uh, you know, the open when it said based on a true story. That's, <laughs> I, that's me. I will say, though, like, again, having watched the whole movie now from start to finish, both of you are as much of a samurai cop as Joe was. I would oh. argue I I am more you of a are samurai more cop. Of a I, I, I would argue that you are more as well. I would argue I'm equal to his samurai yeah, yeah. Fair copy, enough. copiness. Fair enough. I, I am equal samurai and equal cop to Joe Marshall. I mean, I, I don't want to give this movie any 
like credit whatsoever because it's really it's terrible. <laughs> but like I will say, this lead guy is obviously pr- probably a working stuntman because his stunts yes. and he oh, looked yes. good when he was fighting. Like he, I was like, he knows how to. <laughs> No, no, I disagree. I think comparatively, all of these guys... comparatively to all okay, those guys, yes. I think all of these guys are very clearly the type of stuntmen who either do falls, they do wrecks, or they're the type of guys who throw one punch in a bar and then get knocked down. But they have never been in any extended fight scenes, and you can tell that just because of the quality of fight scene. Like it was just them punching people in the stomach. Over and over again. Or really intricate arm locks that aren't real arm locks during a samurai sword fight. Which they they fight with the sword. The swords go away. They punch each other. They pick the swords back up. They sword fight. They put the swords away. And then they go back to punching each other. That's samurai-ish. Is it? I loved... Is it? Is it? Um... Oh, during those fight scenes. Oh, one of the things I loved was Joe would always, like, put down his gun and walk up to a guy with a sword and raise his fist and be like, I'm going to fight you. And he was also, he raised his fist like 1930s boxer guy. Like, Oh, yeah, pugilist. On, Very pugilist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> then Frank is, like, 30 feet away with his gun and always shoots the bad guy with the sword. <laughs> Two times, Frank, uh, Joe walks up to the bad guy. He's like, "I'm going to punch you." Frank's like, "I'm going to shoot this guy with my gun." Yeah, right. yeah. Well, by the way, all of these guys in this world are are tough as nails because they all took three or four bullets to go down. Sure, like yeah, like Joe would shoot someone or Frank would shoot someone, and the guy would get hit. And they'd be like, I'm good. And they get hit again. He's like, I'm good. I'm and these good. are chest wounds. Like, they're not even, yeah. like, grazing arm shots. It's like, everyone is tough as nails. And I like to imagine that the actor was talking to the director, and he was like, look, uh, if I got shot, I wouldn't just go down. Like, I need two or three bullets because I'm, <laughs> um, I'm a pretty big badass. So let's make sure I get shot several times and the guy doesn't get a chance to reload. Awesome. That'd be great. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for taking my input as an actor. There is, there's one quote in this movie that I probably will now say forever, and it makes me mad because that means this movie will be with me forever. Forever. And and it's when Joe is with Jennifer over this romantic dinner slash birthday slash going in the pool slash walking by the ocean date. Uh, It's clearly been a long time since you dated, Tara. That's a very common date. (laughs) Sorry, I I didn't realize that the house in, like, the Deep Valley was also on the ocean. Um, (laughs) Anyways... He says to her, she asks him some question that I don't remember, and he goes, let's just say I can read eyes. Right! And then they <laughs> clink glasses! <laughs> I'll never not say that. Let's just say I can read eyes. <laughs> and, then, and then she's okay. like, yes, you can, I guess, clink. Underwear so, sex. I don't in know the world of lines, there's played against Sam. <laughs> Frankly, darling, I don't give a damn. damn. And... Let's just say, I can read on. So what you're saying, Dave, is there's Casablanca and there's Samurai Cop and (laughs) nothing in between. Nothing! (laughs) About, you know, 60 years of shit and then Samurai Cop. I'm crying. I, I here, here's because this whole movie's non sequiturs of like scene to scene to scene. I just want to tell you what my very last note was, which was somewhere <laughs> around the date kidnap scene, <laughs> and and 
Looking at it now, I have no idea what this means. <laughs> Maybe it's about UFOs. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, Dave, that's why I appreciate you so much. Even to the end, you're still trying to make sense of it. It's not meant yeah. to be made sense of. <laughs> I like. I also wrote. It looks like they edited this in the camera. You know, they were like, <laughs> okay. Scene one, shot one. Set up the camera. We got it. Okay, let's get the reverse angle. (laughs) Oh, by the way, something I did want to bring up real quick. These very tough men, the number of times they were foiled by a sliding glass door or a sliding glass window was staggering. Staggering. Like, they're just like, oh, I can't get in here. What do I do? I don't know. Well, that's a good lesson for all you singles out there who are scared of someone breaking in your home. Just keep the slider shut, and bad guys don't know how to open it. (laughs) What do I do? How do I get this open? I've never seen this before. Break the sliding glass door. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get fingerprints on the sliding glass door. This yeah. oh. <laughs> my mom is gonna be so pissed, you guys. I just I think there's one thing we we've talked about it a lot, but I don't think we really did because I maybe I missed that line about her birthday and other things because as I wrote in my notes, this wig deserves an Oscar because <laughs> I couldn't stop like the fact that they just went to a woman's like wig boutique. Got something that is obviously a woman's hairstyle. That, yes. And also, they could have cut that wig to make it look better, and they didn't. And then No, because they had to return it. That's exactly right. <laughs> they had to return it. Exactly. That's why they didn't cut it. But there's the last the last fight scene between him and the main bad guy, which, again, I don't, little tiny ponytail big man. I don't know. Yeah. He, I call him Exposition Pete because it, Exposition Pete <laughs> – Give exactly. a lot of exposition. So they have a very long, like, there's like, oh, no, it's this, it's the last fight scene between him and also nameless Asian guy, one of many nameless, like, Asian guys, where it's obviously shot in, like, two or three different places and yep. times. And so in one hit, he won't have the wig on, and then they'll cut back to him, and he will have the wig on. And I was like, that scene, I just, I wanted it to fall off and for them to keep that in. Like, that's what <laughs> it I It did wanted. fall off. There is a shot where he gets pulled or thrown, and the wig just straight up comes off. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, oh, oh we got to find that go shot. Go back. Go back. It's during the fight with the random Asian guy whose sliding glass door kept Joe from breaking into his house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you narrowed it down to gla- uh, glass door because when you were like random Asian guy, I was like, that's the whole movie. That's the yeah. whole movie. Yeah. Again, there's no definition of what a samurai is or why any of these other random, faceless, nameless Asian guys. Are they samurais? We don't. There's no explanation. I I also loved how every scene they would talk about something but wouldn't directly mention it. Like it would be, oh, we've got a really big deal. Well, this deal better be good. It's a big deal. Is it a big deal, this deal we're dealing? Yes, that (laughs) deal's going to be big. And you're like, what? What is the deal? (laughs) They're drug dealers. Also, I'm Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, I feel like when it all comes down to it, even though there's no woman in this movie that has any major role that is, except to have sex with this guy, my last note on this was, you know, the last scene, they're just making out on a rock at the beach, and I wrote, poor helicopter girl. (laughs) (laughs) She had, I, I don't know what was burned during her interrogation scene, but... It was definitely below the waist, and that yeah. looked extremely painful. Yeah, and then oh. Joe's like, well, I guess I'm just going to make do with this restaurant lady. Yeah, 
but he never even like acknowledges Helicopter Girl like after those first couple again, scenes. like ever. Yeah. And she keeps ever. being like, ever. "Hope you come over." And then he goes and abducts another woman, and they're gonna live happily ever after. That's how love works. That's how love works in SoCal. When when you're a samurai cop from San Diego coming up to the mean streets of L.A., the women's in the like 1990s. <laughs> in the 1990s. Okay, so you know I love deeper meanings. Does this movie have any deeper meaning? I think I can answer that. No, it does not have any meaning. It has no meanings. There's no purpose for this movie. You know what I would like to do? I'd actually take the time we would ordinarily spend on diving into deeper meanings and just apologize on behalf of men everywhere to women everywhere through Tara and say, Tara, I am sorry this movie exists. I'm sorry it was shot. I'm sorry the way the women are depicted. I'm sorry that Joe Marshall is so goddamn attractive. Like, I'm just sorry across the board. Like... Honestly, it's not fair to your whole gender. Uh, Adam, I take that apology. I throw it in the garbage because it doesn't matter. You're not the problem. Uh, the problem is that we were still able to watch this movie 30 years later. <laughs> oh, oh, and they're making a sequel, by the way. I don't oh, know if you knew yeah. that. It's made. It's, it's made. It's been made. And it, by came, the way, it came out in like 2017. It's mm. the main actor's only other credit. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. You know what's, what's funny, too, is the guy who made the sequel he also has a a film that he also made called the controversial films of i think his name is shane it's not shane something i can't remember the name off the top of my head i should have written it down i'm a bad reviewer of films but like the (laughs) the depth i don't know the narcissism the the uh, the yeah it's 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 kind of like the room uh, do you know the room? I, I forget yes. who it's by, but famously Tommy bad. This something. is very much, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, it's famously bad, but almost in the same way where it feels like the film, uh, the director felt they knew everything they needed to know and didn't have to listen to anybody else, and this is the way it's going to be. And it was also through this strange angle or viewpoint of what they think human interaction is. Maybe is that psychopathy or sociopath or something? I think it's, yeah, I think it's spectrum. I don't know. Somewhere on the spectrum. I don't know where some, maybe some end of the spectrum we've yet to discover. Yeah, maybe. (sighs) I mean, I I did, I did like do a little bit of a deeper dive in terms of like, look, because I was like, what did other people say about this movie? And they all like, there is a lot of people pointing to it. It's like the first really like, bad movie that people watched because it was so bad and so i mean if that's the moniker we want to give this movie like it it definitely i mean it probably started a trend of like look you get a bunch of guys together they got a little bit of money they have you know some guys that want to be in front of the camera so go to it you know and i think you know even if they had sold this movie for nearly any amount of money that would have been worth it to them with the number of clicks and watches on amazon they might be making a little money off of this I'm sure they are. It's it's a famously bad movie. True. And I think it's a celebrated bad movie. And the fact that there's a sequel tells you how amazingly bad this movie is. Yep. There's The Godfather, <laughs> Godfather 2, Samurai Cop, and then I think it's called Revenge of Samurai Cop. <laughs> yes. Although, who does he have to take revenge on? There's a lot of revenge. It's L.A. Someone everyone. needs revenge taken upon them. So should we rate this uh, this little Let's do it. movie? Yeah, okay, so our so. rating system, we have a three-tiered rating scale. It's Cinema Craptaculous. This is a much must-watch. 
Craptaculous. Totally watchable on a Sunday afternoon, but you know, don't don't set aside date night for it. And then utter crap, which is just a hard pass. Do you guys just want to all say it at the same time on three? Well, I do want to say one thing though. Oh, because okay. I, I I was I was uh, debating myself like, what am I going to rate this thing? Because I do, you know, obviously I like bad movies, but I find it hard to like incompetent movies. Although this one again crosses the uncanny val- uh, uncanny valley threshold and goes into something completely different, so I don't know. But maybe I think let's let's maybe try it all three. At well, the same time. I, before we go into that too, the other thing I want to say is the thing that is making me kind of mad and upset is we actually the three of us really enjoyed reviewing this just now like we all had (laughs) so much to say so that's where i get like a little bit like oh no what do i do because i know what i want to give this movie but like there is that element that you're like i don't know would this be funny to watch with a group of people and go like oh my god look at how terrible humans are like i don't know (laughs) yeah it feels like a film that should have a um a rocky horror picture show kind of thing where like every time he does this you throw toast at the screen and all the women have to take off uh, all their clothes and walk around naked while men judge them guys here's (laughs) the way i view it if i'm watching a football game right and the quarterback gets the ball hiked to him and he fumbles it and it goes up into the air and it bounces off the head of the center and then the running back catches it and throws it in the face of the lineman across the way who then takes that in the face and then tries to run the other way with the ball stuck in his helmet and scores a touchdown. Does that make for an interesting football game? Sure. Is that a football game I may even watch again? Sure. Does it make for a good football game? No. No. That's a salient uh, analogy. I like it. Well, I am partial samurai cop. So <laughs> again, Adam is the most samurai cop of any of the things we've talked about or seen. <laughs> yes. So uh. yeah, I, I uh, uh, utter crap. Utter crap. It's utter crap. Like that's the that's hey! the hard part. It's. A, I think this is. Do we all agree? Have we all agreed before? Very quickly. Yes, Velocipaster. We all. Oh, agreed. that's true. Oh that's yeah, true. that's true. You know, Dave. Maybe we should rethink our ranking system. Our ranking system should be Velocipaster. <laughs> everything <laughs> <Yeah>. else, <laughs> Samurai. Samurai <laughs> it's true. I, and I did think about that because, like, when you're rating these films and you get the, you have these three ratings, you. You have to think about what have I given Cinema Craptaculous, and does this hold up to that? This sure. does not. It's not. This does not. This is this is amusing accidentally. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't like it. Was a it was to watch. You're kind of just like more dumbfounded, and like I found myself going <gasps> a lot. Right, like you're just because yeah. out of pure like, do they really do this? But like, I don't think we will. I don't think people need to continue to watch this movie. Right, like I think we could be like, cool, you did it. Don't. You know, let's take it off. We, let's take it away. Let's be done with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this B-side cinema craptaculous journey. This is Dave, and ever present with me are Tara and Samurai Cap Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, you don't have to avoid that streaming pile of crap. Jump on in because you never know what you just might find. Thanks again for joining us on our Cinema Craptaculous Presents B-Sides Journey. Subscribe to Cinema Craptaculous on iTunes or Spotify. And if you weren't totally offended, or even if you were, please rate us on iTunes. It helps us uh, get the Craptaculous word out there. And remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Craptaculous.